guys and welcome to Get A Life Podcast. It's me, Bish, as always. We've passed 100 episodes, as you guys know. We're kind of focused on Dynasty Warriors and, and all that kind of stuff. And there's been a lot that's been happening during quarantine, especially the announcement of the PS5. We got to see how sexy it looks. I personally think it's a great console, but we're going to be talking about that today, as well as what Koei games we're going to see, because there was a certain thing that was teased within the PS5 trailer, and we've got someone on the podcast today. Hello, my name is Chris Gildart. I'm a uh, YouTuber that tends to do a lot of Dynasty Warriors and Koei Tecmo-centric videos. I love Chris, by the way. I only recently got into contact with him in the last couple of months, but I've been watching his videos for a while now. And we had him on the podcast before, but there was some recording issues. Is this your third podcast appearance overall, like for other podcasts, or is this like your second? This would be my second. Okay, perfect. So both of his times that he was on a podcast, it was on here, but this is the first time you're hearing him on the podcast. Uh, Just so you guys know, today, as of recording, it is the 4th of July. So other than that let's uh, get into it before we get into the discussion i just want to thank our sponsors japan crate crunchyroll uh, jlist and loot anime big thanks to them i also want to give a shout out to a good friend of mine swen who's actually making some really cool stuff on etsy uh, some video game merchandise and stuff like that uh, recently he designed a guardian from Z- uh, legend of zelda breath of the wild and it fully articulates and everything like that you can go and check that out it was actually doing well on reddit i think he got like 100k upvotes which is pretty cool i'm pretty proud of him go and check him out his link will be in the description as well chris how are you doing i'm not too bad busy as always <laughs> it's good to be busy right so i mean when we've done the first recording we were in the middle of musome yep care to tell us what musome is because i know a lot of people may not know about it i know about it but a lot of the listeners may not know about it so musome is a annual event on my channel where we celebrate all things koei tecmo it's not just about the Muso series, but, you know, I started with the Muso series. A lot of people uh, kind of started with the Muso series as far as their love for Koei Tecmo goes, and, like, it, it's kind of expanded further beyond just my channel, and, like, other content creators uh, get into it. The official Koei Tecmo America Twitter and Instagram have tweeted out the hashtag before, so it's just an annual celebration of the games that we love from Koei Tecmo, but mainly the Muso series. <laughs> mainly the Muso series. I've noticed that you've done some polls before and you were thinking about maybe introducing other games into Musome and things like that. I thought originally when I when I entered the poll, I was like, oh, okay, so he's 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 thinking about other Muso type games. But then you told me no. It's only Koei stuff, which I don't know. I, I would like to see like maybe Senran Kagura, maybe like Fate Extella Link, those kind of Muso-esque games or heavily Muso-inspired games. I think that would be quite interesting to see in Muso May. Do you think that it will eventually transcend into other Muso style games or just Koei games? I'm going to keep it as just Koei games on my channel. Okay. That being said, I do plan on touching on Muso clones. I, I've, I've actually separated them out of my collection so that I can make sure I'm touching on them in the future. Fair enough. Definitely looking at 99 Nights at some point. Okay, I've never heard of that. What is that? 99 Nights. Uh, So that was a Microsoft published game. So it's a 360 exclusive. It is a Japanese developed game, Mm. but it was hailed at the time, like before it came out, as the Muso killer. Okay. Kind of like how Killzone was 
hailed as like the Halo killer. It was kind of a similar situation, but because it was on Xbox, it didn't really sell as well because most Musou players are on PlayStation. But it is a really good game. It ended up getting a sequel, which wasn't as good in my opinion, but like both of them are decent hack and slash games. Do you think that Microsoft, uh, at least with the Xbox Series X, might think about reintroducing this game series to kind of market to the Japanese audience to kind of combat Sony? I'm not sure because I don't think Microsoft had necessarily any say in the second one. Okay. Because... It, I think the second one was published by Konami, oh. though Microsoft still had, like, the exclusivity rights. I, if, if my memory serves me correctly, because the second one didn't have the Microsoft logo on the game case, but it was exclusive to 360 as well. I wouldn't mind seeing a, another 99 Nights, because I think that game was awesome. It seems a bit odd, because I've never heard of it before. I mean, I was an Xbox player until, just so people know, I really got into the PlayStation 3 quite late. So I bought a PlayStation 3 when the Super Slim came out. You know, the one that doesn't have the slot loading mechanism just the top loading yeah yeah so i got into that very late and i just bought like dynasty warriors 8 on it and that's pretty much what i used it for other than that i was playing xbox for the longest time so i don't i'm surprised that i didn't know about that game to be honest with you i think it was kind of weird that i kind of didn't know about that but i'll be honest with you chris i was the kind of guy that any game that wasn't dynasty warriors that was a hack and slash i kind of took a back seat and i was like no i don't want to play this game even Samurai <laughs> Warriors. Like, I remember when I was a kid, and obviously, like, I'm, what, six years old, and you'd see the advertisements for other Warriors games in um, Dynasty Warriors 4 and Dynasty Warriors 5, and you see the advert for Samurai Warriors Extreme Legends out now. You know, you know that advert, right? That's, like, my favorite one. But I saw that, and I was like, ugh, Samurai, like, what is this? Like, ugh. I don't know why. It has nothing to do with the Japanese history or anything like that. I was just like, is this a clone of Dynasty Warriors? Like, as a child, I didn't necessarily understand what what Koei were doing and I didn't even know it was a Koei game I just thought oh it was an advertisement for another game I thought it was kind of shameful I was like who are these Samurai Warriors companies trying to compete with Dynasty Warriors and I didn't realize this is Koei <laughs> making another spin-off game but I didn't necessarily understand that so I, I for the longest time I didn't really play games like Samurai Warriors or Muso Orochi or none of that I was just strictly Dynasty Warriors I think until Dynasty Warriors five and then after that i kind of got into more games see i was kind of the opposite i wanted every little hack and slash style game that kind of like 1v 100 style so i i really got into devil kings when that first came out and drakengard uh, what is that is that a capcom game yeah that's uh <laughs> sengoku basara oh, okay sengoku basara okay I get it. Yeah. See, that's another game that I want to see more of, to be honest with you. I know this is like a Koei-themed episode, but I really want to see another Sengoku Basara make its way to the West, because I know they're still making them in Japan, but I just want to see... Like, they will, they're kind of weird and wonderful, in a way. Like, when I saw, for example, Ieyasu, if you look at Ieyasu in Sengoku Basara and you compare him to Ieyasu in Samurai Warriors, it's a night and day difference. Like, Ieyasu is a lot younger. He's got that sort of boxing style look to him. It seems like more wacky version of Samurai Warriors. And I think that's, that's kind of like what we need sometimes. And they seem to play like different sides because... Ieyasu in Basara is much more of like 
represented as the good guy while Mitsunari is like he kind of seems like the bad guy the way that the the narrative works it's it's kind of interesting like that because I've noticed it, it really depends on the developers because I don't want to say that there's necessarily a bias but sometimes I've noticed that at least with Koei they kind of follow the trends that are going on like if for example if you look at a game like Sananda Maru right like that game was designed to be launched around the same time in Japan as NHK's sort of look into the uh, Sanada family right so because they were doing like a documentary drama series into that family so it kind of made sense that they kind of focus on particular characters at particular times i don't know why i just think that the games kind of focus on particular characters and particular traits based on history i I know at least with dynasty warriors it's very sort of shoe based right it's very like oh lu bei and he's amazing and sao tao's evil and this and that but it's kind of based on that source material they've they've looked at uh, what um the author of Tsanguo Yanyi or Romance of the Three Kingdoms, he was very biased towards, you know, Lu Bei and all of that, even though Lu Bei wasn't really successful. Like technically way one in the end so but it's it's interesting in that sense i wanted to talk about other muso games like what other games you have that are non koei muso games in your collection that you're thinking about getting into taking a peek over at my shelf here onichan bara is another one that i, I haven't really that. played much of that one is that the one with the vampires and stuff and like bikini samurai squad that, looking at the gameplay like i didn't really understand what game it is like i didn't realize that that is a muso game i know it sounds stupid but but it doesn't click in my head. I'm kind of in the same boat, so that's why I want to give it a shot. I have the uh, Onichimbara Z on PS4, so, like, I haven't played a whole lot of it, but I need to... I, I want to try to bring every clone to the channel at some point in time. So, Basara is definitely getting a review, 99 Nights. Um, Guilty Gear 2 Overture, I, I feel, is one that not a lot of people know is actually a Muso clone. Because Guilty Gear is... It's a fighting game series, but they actually made a hack and slash 1v100 style game, and it was another 360 exclusive. Okay, it, there's a trend going on here. Just going about the forgotten games. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, yeah, Senran Kagura, maybe like uh, Extella Link, you know, like the Fate series. But no, you're going with games that I've never heard of and games that are like Xbox exclusives. I didn't know why. Why is that? Is that? It seems a bit odd. Uh, well, I I always like to introduce people to new things. Um, like obviously I'm gonna cover Basara, uh, Sanran Kagura. Fate Extella, but I, I always like to grab something that not a lot of people really think about. That's why last year's Musome, I, I did decide to kind of drop the Warriors theme and cover more unknown or forgotten series from Koei Tecmo. So I reviewed Rygar for the Wii, Mystic Heroes, which oh, is another series I would game. love to see come back. I don't think we're going to see it at this point, but that that would be amazing if we got another Mystic Heroes game. I agree with you. I don't think so either, but what one can dream. <laughs> one, one can dream. You know what? Look, I'll be real with you. Koei's is great in the sense that if you want something a lot, they're going to try their best to bring it over because we've seen it in the case of uh, Warriors Orochi 3. That game was never going to come over in Europe at all or the West in general. That was going to be in a Japan exclusive. And I remember the day when Chin was like, guys, if you want this game, just retweet and just say to Koei that we want it. And and I think it's because of the community that we got those games. So if you want another game from Koei, be polite about it. Tweet to Koei. Start a movement. Like, I don't want it to sound aggressive, but start a movement and say, guys, look, we want a new Mystic Heroes game. We want a new Kessan game. We want a new X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? So if you want those games, tell Koei. They'll listen. I know Koei listens. And I know they're listening to this episode right now. Hi, Koei. You're right. 
other than that, you mentioned Senran Kagura, right? Yep. I'm, I'm a big fan of Senran Kagura, but I find that a lot of people, they wouldn't play that game for obvious reasons, right? Because it, it's a very hypersexualized game. Just looking at the game, it's going to put a lot of people off. And for people listening, I think try Senran because it's, it's a great game. It's a great hack and slash. It has some great features. Yeah, there is a lot of etchy elements to the game. But uh, from what a lot of people don't necessarily understand is that the game story, although there is a lot of text to go through, the game story has some sort of meaning to it. Like I've played Senran a couple of times and some characters story have touched me personally like I feel very enlightened or I feel very sad for a particular character so they are real characters and they're well written. The gameplay isn't necessarily the best all the time. In the past like I was kind of like oh, okay we're playing Senran just for the shock value you know like a panty lottery system or like changing swimsuits and there's a lot of questionable things in that game but I think in terms of a Musou game it's quite solid there are certain things that differ from Dynasty Warriors so I wouldn't necessarily class it as a clone but there's a lot of great games out there like I'm not sure if you've played the Fate Extella series I have I own three copies of the first Extella game oh um, Umbral Star right yeah okay and so have- I've got it on Vita and then I bought it on Switch when I got my Switch, and then I just recently bought a digital copy of, like, everything on the PS4. Nice. So, have, have you played Link yet? I have not played Link yet. It's now, really good. I, I was going to pick it and Sunrun Kagura Burst Renewal from Limited Run Games because they were doing, like, extra publishing for the Collector's Edition mm. for, uh forget which company but uh for uh, exceed i think yes they had too many copies apparently of the limited editions so they were like hey limited run sell them for us okay um i didn't know that like i when i got into those games because i got into senran kagura i didn't play the 3ds games because burst renewal is basically a uh, reworking of the 3ds games so senran kagura burst one and two basically those games were like side scrolling hack and slash games if that makes sense i I don't know how to explain it but it's kind of like super mario brothers with like hack and slash elements it's kind of weird and then obviously estival versus and shinobi versus were released on like the vita and then got re-released on the playstation 3 and playstation 4 and pc now but i got in way back when so it's nice to see like burst renewal do anything but when i got burst renewal i got it on the release with extella link at game so game for for those that live in other places than the uk game is basically like eb games or gamestop or whatever so i, I picked up at game and they were not showing the games any anywhere they were like hidden away from sight like you had to ask for them and I find that happens a lot with Musou games or Japanese games in general like you have to ask in advance do you have a copy of this game and I picked them up pretty cheap because they want to get rid of them <laughs> like it's it's they're not games that necessarily people are proud of selling if that makes sense but either way with those kind of games a particular Fate Extella series in general what I liked about it was the fact that it was very different from Musou games and I praised it a lot because for me it felt fresh it felt like the old school Dynasty Warriors games in that sense. Limited characters, limited um, move sets, but at the same time, everything felt very fast. You know, it gave me that sort of. I uh, don't know if you played Dynasty Warriors Six Strike Force. Have you played it? Yep. Yeah, it kind of gave me that Strike Force esque feeling because the fact that within the Fate Extella series, you can um, dash quite quickly between 
areas which makes sense and there is no horses so you know sometimes i feel that dynasty warriors because they have horses and because they have such huge maps it can be a bit of a chore to get to certain points on the map obviously that's why now personally i prefer samurai warriors and i prefer games with smaller maps like fate Extella. have you played another game now i know this might not necessarily be a muso game by any standards have you played sakura wars yet i haven't yet um, yeah, I've been kind of picking and choosing what games I pick up lately because I've been trying to save up for other things. Okay. I've been trying to get, uh, upscalers and deinterlacers and stuff like that so that I can get really good gameplay footage of the older Warriors games for my videos. Mm. Um, I also just recently bought a sit-stand desk. So one of those electronic ones that you can just press the button and it, like, goes up and down and, oh man, it's gonna be beautiful when it comes in <laughs> oh it hasn't come in yet they just got it back in stock um on friday and it was in halifax and i'm in prince edward island so can't just like drive over and pick it up to be honest with you i don't have a desk at the moment my desk broke but don't ask oh don't ask how it was a cheap ikea desk and it, it served me for like a good five years and it, now it's like it's not in service anymore so I, I record on the floor now i am floor gang you know that PewDiePie meme. That is me. <laughs> Floor gang. Ooh. You know, so I, it's it's weird. I, I'm, I'm getting used to it slowly. Other than that, the reason why I mentioned Sakura Wars is because I was giving it for review and I'm still reviewing it actually, but I wasn't really too fussed about it. I was like, Ugh, Sakura Wars. It seems a bit weird. This whole, you know, dating the characters and it, you know, it, it's kind of like this retelling of World War II, like a fictional World War II with a steampunk element, but playing the game because I searched up the older Sakura Wars games and it's this weird sort of turn based rpg that's kind of similar to a board game at the same time like you actually have to move certain turns makes no sense to me but when i played this game i was reluctant at first and it blew my mind because there is that sort of character development there is that sort of character interaction but at the same time there is a core muso gameplay that just works like i find this a lot better than warriors gundam or dynasty warriors gundam right because you know in sakura wars you have the mechs and that's how you fight and whatnot the one thing i find a bit odd about sakura wars is that this default uh, setting because you know like square is light attack triangle is your charge attack and then circle like your muso and x is your jump but this game swaps the muso button and the light attack button but i'm glad that they have like an option in the menus to change it back because otherwise i would not know how to play the game i know it sounds really stupid it's a small change but other than that i'm, I'm really used to that square and circle positions like i said what was very interesting about the game is that it just feels very fluid and the fact that you can fly and do aerial attacks similar to senran kagura because that's what i love about senran is that you can do aerial attacks in that game and also the fact that you can run on walls like in Prince of Persia and like Assassin's Creed and stuff which is stuff that I've never seen in a Musou game and also the fact that you can jump off the map and die like that is nothing that you've seen like I know it's such a simple thing but I've never seen that in a Musou game and I've never seen that in you know in, even in Warriors Gundam right never seen that yeah it's just so unique and the fact that you can switch characters similar to Warriors Orochi it feels like it's taken the best of every Musou so it's taken the best from Gundam it's taken the best from Senran it's taken the best from Dynasty Warriors and Warriors Orochi and it's just brought it into one game and I know it's a smaller game and it's a game that I see has a lot of potential I know a lot of people will see it and a lot of Muso fans will see it and be like oh this game isn't shit it's just like a it's just a basic Muso game but to me when I see games like that it has a lot of potential and I think I encourage in fact a lot of companies like Sega like Capcom uh, like Bandai to produce more Muso games because that lights a fire up Koei's ass to then you know compete because at the moment when you don't have competition it kind of limits what you can do and we've been seeing recently with 
recent Musou games, there isn't much innovation, which is unfortunate. We tend to be seeing a lot of asset flips, games like, you know, War is Orochi 4, which is a good game, don't get me wrong, but there is a lot of stuff that's been reused from obviously Samurai Warriors 5 and Dynasty Warriors 8, and we're getting re-releases of older games like Dynasty Warriors 8 Definitive Edition and, and all that kind of stuff, and it just, I feel a bit drained by it, you know what I mean? Oh, I completely get you, and um, I actually found Pirate Warriors 4 was a complete breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because, like, there was innovation done to that. They changed mechanics that we come to think about when we think of a Musou game. Like, they got rid of Musos in a Musou game, which was really interesting to me. And I, I, I actually praised it for that because... Th they replaced them with these skills similar to, um, trying to think now, um, so like you would hold R1, it's almost like the state combo system in Dynasty Warriors 9, except these are essentially your special moves. Some are even more flashy, they some are- They have them in, uh, Musou's All-Stars. Yes, yeah. so it's similar to that, um, where some are flashy, some are just stat increases, some are actual, like, they, they're almost the same as a Musou. Mm. in like a traditional warriors game but they have cooldowns instead of you building up a meter for them so that's where i i really found it super interesting and like it didn't upset the muso style it brought it that next step and that's kind of what i want to see with the next muso game whatever we get they yeah. they end up doing i think that's a very interesting thing because that's like i said it's it's those little touches even though they're small things right it just adds a little bit of a fresh air and I, sometimes i feel that when koei takes on a bit too much that's when it kind of becomes too ambitious because i know koei is a very talented company they're very ambitious but when they take on so much and they have to change a lot of things about the game that's when you see a lot of holes appear and i think it's good for koei to make those changes and to make those steps if they take it on bit by bit it would be a lot more beneficial to them that being said we're just going to go on a quick ad break and when we come back from the ad break we're going to be talking about ps5 and what games we're going to see on the ps5 nothing has been announced yet but we're going to give our thoughts on that so we'll see you in a little bit this episode of the podcast is brought to you by crunchyroll go and check them out at getlifepodcast.com forward slash crunchyroll for a 14 day free trial of crunchyroll premium service that means anime without ads 1080p hd you can watch it on all your favorite devices your tvs your phones whatever even if you want to watch it on your chromecast you can as well that's amazing go and check them out 14 day free trial You've got the most diverse collection of anime and manga on the internet so go and check them out it's a no-brainer lads getlifepodcast.com forward slash crunchyroll thank you crunchyroll for sponsoring this episode of the podcast this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the lovely people at Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers a unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. And who doesn't love candy, right? Japan Crate brings you a delicious selection of snacks every month. You can check it out on our YouTube channel for $35 a month. And you can cancel anytime. But I don't know why you would want to. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember, use the code GALP for $3 off on new subscriptions. So, getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Use the code GALP for $3 off. And if you want to check out what snacks that you get in the crates, go and check out our YouTube channels. Links will be in the description. So, go and check them out. Thank you, Japan Crate, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. And we are back from the ad break. We are here with Chris once again. Chris. 
Have you seen the PS5 announcement? I did. Were um, you watching it live or did you watch it afterwards? I watched it live. Okay. Uh, and I haven't watched it since. I, I've been meaning to like watch it over, break it down and like really understand it. But I don't know. I, I thought it was a really good presentation and I just haven't dove back into it because I've been working on several other things. I'm not going to lie to you. I was really hyped by the PS5 um, announcement and the way that the console is designed in itself. It just looks so beautiful. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it looks like a router. It looks like a... No, it looks sexy. I mean, I've come from a background of design and like industrial design, architectural design. So looking at it, it just looked very organic, very fluid, kind of looked like a spring onion to me. I know it sounds really stupid, like a scallion. Have you ever seen like scallions, how they grow and stuff? It kind of reminds me of that. And I think that's really cool. But I was more excited about the games that were being announced. And I'm not talking about first party titles. I know Spider-Man Miles Morales is going to be amazing. I know what Sony's going to do is going to be amazing with the new Horizon game and, and everything like that and Ratchet and Clank. But there was a point within the presentation when they got other developers in. And I'm not sure if you've seen that. I kind of jumped out uh, around the time when um, like when they were going to, you know, actually go into the game play and have the developers come on mm. and talk about the games i kind of just tuned in for just how it looked and stuff yeah the announcement part of it so there, there was a bit right before they showed the console itself there was a bit where they were flicking through all of the developers pictures so that you know how usually they in like e3 conferences when they announce like a, a new console they will show on the backdrop these are the the games developers that we're working with and you always see logos you're like oh my god that's capcom and that's koei and that's this and that's that this time they decided to show the faces of you know the heads of the studios etc and there was a certain gentleman that was on screen for a brief moment i i recognized him and i was like oh my god this is this guy and do you know who that was uh, i forget the name but he's from koei he is from koei he's actually i believe he's the lead of uh, Omega Force. He's Mr. Koinuma. So Ko yes. Koinuma-san was on there. They spelt his name wrong. Unfortunately, they put the I in the wrong place. But yeah, it was Kony Uma. It was, <laughs> it was something weird. I just didn't get that. But either way, I'm not going to fault Sony for that. But he was there, which means that we can assume, obviously, it, it's pretty much confirmed that Koei is going to be developing for the PS5. But the fact that he is the lead on Omega Force means that we're going to get a new Omega Force game for the PS5. Now, I don't think it's going to be a launch title, to be honest with you. I think Koei is going to just re-release a game that we've already seen on the PS4, release it for the PS5. That's what I can see that happening. You yeah. know, if, if that doesn't happen, I think they could go one of two ways. That could happen, or Kobe could be really cool and say, okay, if you bought this game on PS4, there's an update that will allow you to, to get it on PS5 for free. Because I know a lot of game developers are doing that at the moment, and, Co and Sony has allowed game developers to do that upon their discretion. So it's either they re-release re the game and you pay another 60 bucks for it, or they're like, hey, you liked Warriors Orochi 4, right? If you owned it on PS4, you're going to own it on PS5. I'm hoping that that's the best scenario, but I think we're going to see like a re-release possibly a um part of me wants to think that we're gonna see a dynasty warriors hd collection because i know koei is not gonna do a mainline dynasty warriors title for the ps5 on launch because it just doesn't make sense we would have heard about it by now uh, koei would have made a big hoo-ha but they didn't at the moment they're just focusing on fairy tale so i'm thinking that we might get like a sort of hidden hey this is like dynasty warriors 2 3 4 and 5 there for you on the ps5 pay 100 bucks and you get all the game that's how i see it i 
I think that would be good. I, I'm in the same boat, man, because like this is the 20th anniversary of the Musou franchise. Mm, exactly. S- specifically, they've made a website celebrating the history of Sangoku Musou. So like to me, that just leans in on, hey, we're celebrating the history of Dynasty Warriors, so therefore here's a an HD remaster collection. Yeah, I think that would make the most sense just because we've seen it in the past, at least in particular Dynasty Warriors 7, in the, don't know if it's the ambition mode or the conquer mode or something like that, or conquest mode, sorry. Within the conquest mode, as part of DLC, they had remade Dynasty Warriors 2, 3, four and five maps so koei still has that layout and they could do something with it i think even if they were using dynasty warriors eight character models or dynasty warriors nine character models if they use the new character models for like a remaster and rebuilt the games because the maps are quite small they could do it quite easily with with this technology that they have now and introduce the old move sets you know no weapon switching no things like that that would be fantastic even if we got it japanese only like even if it was a japanese voice track only i would be more than happy with that because i understand obviously bringing in all that voice cast or how would you use the old voices like it kind of causes a lot lot of problems and contentions but if they done that i think i'll be very happy with that but as you said 20th anniversary of uh shin sangoku muso we need to see something koei loves their anniversaries and i don't think we're going to get dynasty warriors 10 as much as people want that i think it's too soon for dynasty warriors 10 i think if we're going to get dynasty warriors 10 it will be maybe two years into the ps5 maybe three years into ps5 in terms of launch titles though what do you think koei might be working on because i'm personally thinking samurai warriors 5 it's it's about time for a new samurai warriors game i don't know if we would see it on launch but i would definitely see it within the first year year and a half okay at least i i think because koei is the kind of uh company that likes to really talk about the games that are in the works and they want to have like that hype build up they they're not the kind of company that's like oh hey this is coming out in like a couple of months because like if you look at what they're doing with fairy tale i'm Fairy tales been discussed for like at least eight to ten months. Koei knows about it, and they've been they've been promoting it, and they've been promoting it heavily. Even now, if you see uh, a lot of online conventions, whether that was Cloud Mitsuri or a Funimation convention, now the online conventions they want to push fairy tale hard, especially with these anime games. So yeah, you do have a point, Koei does give people ample time to know hey this game's coming out i think they changed what makes me think that we might get like a like a sudden release is kind of how they dealt with dynasty warriors 9 because to be honest with you as press i get like press releases and stuff we didn't get that much information on dynasty warriors 9 we knew about the english dub maybe about a week before its release we didn't know that much info so i don't know in the past and even now we've seen koei likes to show off but at the same time with dynasty warriors 9 it was very covert very hidden so i don't know how that's going to work with future games if we're going to see them you know be proud and show off the games as they are or are they going to just drop it dynasty warriors we didn't get a whole lot of information until like right before it came out but we still knew Oh, we knew that the game existed, yeah. We had little bits of gameplay, like, renders and videos. So we had little bits of information. The only thing we really know about Samurai Warriors 5 is that they're working on it. That's literally it. We don't even have a logo or anything like that. So I don't think... I, th- I think it's too soon based on the fact that they're not talking at all. Like, not even the Japanese. What if um, at Tokyo Game Show... Because I know that... Th- I know, okay, maybe Tokyo Game Show is not going to be 
conventional in like a convention hall but it might just be an online event what if koei at tokyo game show was like hey guys we're working on samurai warriors 5 here is a tech demo for the game would that give you more confidence that this game is going to be coming out soon or well i i just don't know if it's going to be a launch title okay yeah i i don't feel it's going to be a launch title i think similar to what you said we're either going to see ports or like remasters something like that because they're just not really talking about really anything other than fairy tale it seems a bit weird because you know there was the pc gaming event and then there was other events where koei was invited to and i don't know i i know koei doesn't just work on one game at a time and i know that for a fact i know there's stuff in the work but i just want to hear more about even if it's a hint just like hey we're developing games for the ps5 they didn't even officially announce that they were developing games for ps5 even though mr koinuma right he was there at the presentation and they koei didn't announce they're officially making games so i want to hear more from koei even if it's like hey we're making games for the ps5 i want to hear about it i think also at the same time it leads me to believe that there might be certain games that aren't necessarily koei game well not necessarily, you know, Koei IP that we might see Koei working on, if that makes sense. For example, Atlas hasn't announced Persona 5 Scramble in Europe and in America yet. They haven't even announced a localization. Part of me thinks that it might be the case where it could be like Dynasty Warriors Gundam in the sense that Koei deals with all of the licensing and publishing in the West while Bandai deals with it in Japan. We might see a deal like that. So I'm thinking maybe Koei might be dealing with those sort of games in the sidelines leading up to that just because after fairy tale i don't know what they're going to release and fairy tale is coming out next month well actually no fairy tale is coming out this month at the end of this month fairy tale will be coming out so i've heard of no other koei releases we haven't had any press releases in regards to any other game so it kind of i'm kind of worried at the same time as a fan but as a member of the press i know that there is probably something going on in the future but they're just not ready to say anything yet i also follow their japanese accounts just to see what's happening on the other side and i know that ruby party has a lot of stuff in the works. There's the subsidiary that does like the Otome visual novel style oh. games, similar to uh, Hakuoki. If I, that uh, I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. So I know they have. I think Ruby Party has two games coming out soon. The Haruka Naru, whatever. <laughs> we don't get those games actually coming out here. That's the thing. Like, they don't... No. <laughs> I've noticed that with a lot of Japanese developers, they want to stay away from those games just because they don't necessarily have a big fan base over here, but also because they are like otome games and stuff. Like, they, it's weird because they even made, if I'm not mistaken, they made like a uh, Shingeki no Kyojin, like a visual novel for Attack on Titan and stuff like that. So it's like, how come we've never seen this stuff? It seems a bit weird, but, you know, there's a lot of games I'm looking at from ruby party now and they're all like switch games and like otome games dating simulators and stuff but i don't know why koei doesn't just release them i know because there seems to be a lot more niche for that like appearing now especially on the switch like every time i go looking at the new sales on switch there's always a handful of otome games that are on sale mm. so there's obviously a market for it in the west but i i have a feeling it's because koei tecmo is seen in the west as like they pretty much just do action or strategy games those are the only two things that koei tecmo is known for in the west so they might be thinking like that's their fan base isn't going to go for the ruby party 
Maybe. Or like the casual fan base isn't going to go for the Ruby Party. No, I, I completely understand. It's like even then, looking at Ruby Party, like I, I completely understand what they're going for. But even looking at the company and everything like that, it's designed to to appeal to those players, especially women, right? Uh, because a lot of these are dating sims, mainly with male characters, etc. So I don't understand why Koei doesn't bring them over because the popularity of that kind of stuff is increasing. I don't see anything sexual within those games. Otherwise, they'll re they wouldn't be able to release them on the Nintendo Switch and the 3DS and stuff. So I just don't understand why they don't bring them over or at least bring them over in like a mobile gacha game style because I know that they've done that in the past and those games work a lot, uh, especially in the mobile market. It seems very interesting to me. Like, what else are we going to see from Koei? Like, probably in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to probably see more spin-off games, uh, kind of like Persona 5, Scramble, or, you know, like maybe another Hyrule Warriors game uh, right before the release of Breath of the Wild 2. Like, stuff like that, I think they will do. Uh, even now, we've seen um, games like, you know, One Piece Pirate Warriors 4, and that is quite a big game in, in terms of game changes and things like that. But no one's talking about it. But I feel that Bandai is not really embracing that, and they're not saying, hey, look, I know it sounds really weird, but I've spoken to a lot of members of the press that said they didn't receive any press releases for the game, they didn't receive any review copies for the game. So it's it just seems a bit odd. Especially when Koei is doing more of these games for other companies, like taking on their IP and making games for it. At the end of the day, it's down to that publisher, whether it is Bandai, whether it is Nintendo, to really promote those games. Because we see Nintendo do a great job of it, whether it's, you know, Hyrule Warriors or Fire Emblem Musou or even Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is a very big game within the Fire Emblem community. And it is technically, it's a Koei game. So, you know, I just want to see more games from Koei specifically as opposed to these side ventures for them yeah for sure like just thinking about what i would like to see from koei for like a new generation i'd like to see them start branching out from like their usual muso dead or alive that kind of stuff I'd mm. like to see a new Tokiden. That would be great. Uh, Tokiden 3 would be amazing. Like, I love Tokiden, especially the... You can see that there was a great progression from the first Tokiden game, which I think what added to the success of Tokiden, the first one, was the fact that it was a Vita game, right? And the Vita was new. It was... I don't know if it was a launch title, but it was new, and we weren't getting a Monster Hunter game for the Vita, and it encouraged people to play together. And Koei really hit on that hard because those games, especially Monster Hunter, were popular in Japan specifically on the PSP and people were thinking that there were going to be another Monster Hunter game on the Vita. I think for Tokiden 2 they made great strides in the game, added new mechanics, but they kind of forgot about the core audience. There wasn't the emphasis on playing together. There wasn't the emphasis on being portable and things like that. And I think if Koei was to make a new Tokiden game, I would hope that it would be a Switch exclusive. I don't want to see Tokiden on the PlayStation because I think Tokiden is, is more of a game that is a social game. That's just how I see it. I think it would work on both consoles with crossplay. With crossplay, yes, maybe. But at the same time, I don't know. I just feel, you know, being able to play Doki Den on the go, at least for me on the Vita, was amazing. And it wasn't really, I don't know, that there was, it needed a level of communication, which I remember when Doki Den 2 came out and I loved that game. But not many people were playing after the first month. And it's pretty much a dead game now. No one talks about it. No one plays online. Even Japanese players weren't as hyped for it compared to the first Doki Den. Yeah, I'm not sure 
sure why it wasn't really talked about, but personally, I played the first Tokiden more once it came out on PS4, because I'm not really a handheld gamer. I find when I'm playing handheld, I kink my neck a lot, so I much prefer to play it on the big screen. I actually bought a PlayStation TV so I could play my Vita games on my TV. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to see a new Tokiden. I feel like if they're going to port games over to uh, the PlayStation 5, I feel like their most recent games are going to be the obvious choices. Orochi 4 Ultimate, potentially Dynasty Warriors 9. Oh, please no. No. I, you know what? You know, I got that press release saying that it got into like, you know, the best hits. Yep. When the games are like really old and no one wants to talk about it. And then they just give it a, a huge price slash. When I saw it hitting into best hits, I was so happy because I was like, yes, now the game is going to die. If they if they re-release Dynasty Warriors 9 for PS5, I'm I'm leaving. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I, you know what? Either that or I'm just going to pretend that that game doesn't exist. But I hope not. I genuinely hope not. I would like to to see Dynasty Warriors 8 Extreme Legends Complete Edition. Yeah. Like, or the definitive edition. It would be interesting, PlayStation but 5. at the same time, Dynasty Warriors 8 in itself was originally developed for the PlayStation 3 and it was ported over. And so it's very difficult to port those games from PlayStation 3 to the PC or the PS4. That's why those games don't run properly. I played Dynasty Warriors 8 on the PC and I've played it on the PS4 and I keep on going back to the PlayStation 3 because there isn't as many graphical glitches. There isn't characters floating around on the screen. There isn't characters being missing from the screen because I know, yeah, yeah, PS4, you can put more people on the screen, but it's come to the point where I will go and fight someone in a game and those characters won't appear, but you still hear the voice lines, but they, they physically won't appear, but the game would spawn in more, you know, uh, smaller soldiers and stuff. And I'm like, well, wh where's Lubu? I can't attack Lubu if I can't see him. So I, I feel that I don't want to see a PS5 port of Dynasty Warriors 8 just because the game wasn't originally developed for the PS4 so I just think it, it the, the the port won't do well like that's how I see in terms of sales yeah probably people will buy it but I just feel that it, it won't be up to standard it's weird that you say that you're you experience a lot of visual glitches like that because I've never experienced that with Dynasty Warriors 8 Extreme Legends on PS4 but you literally just described everything that I experience with Dynasty Warriors 9 every time I go and play it <laughs> <laughs> With Dynasty Warriors 8 in particular, I've noticed that the game isn't necessarily friendly for people that want to do split screen because uh, I like playing split screen a lot. But when you do that, there is a lot of slowdown, especially if you're using red hair or if you're using weapons that have sort of graphical effects on it, like fire and ice and stuff. The game lags a lot. And I'm not even talking about online. Obviously, you don't see this happening with games like Warriors Orochi 4 because those games were developed specifically for PS4. So Dynasty Warriors 9, I think it's a different issue. They fixed a lot of the graphical issues in the game, at least now with updates and things like that. I will give Koei this. It's it's a playable game now, but upon release, it was just embarrassing. Like, I'm not sure if you, you got a review copy of the game, but imagine getting the game before release and not telling anyone anything about it and playing it just to find out that there's a lot of stuff that isn't there. Yeah, I didn't get a, a review copy, but I did buy it on release. But that's another thing. Do you think split screen will return in the future of Musou games? Because obviously now a lot of games have been taking out split screen. So a lot of, you know, games that relied on it, whether it was racing games, I don't know, other 
games like platformers and stuff that relied on splitting the screen, do you think that they will remove that? I don't think Musou games will remove it because like they patched it back into Dynasty Warriors 9. So there's obviously a want for it in the community. And so when Dynasty Warriors 9 was originally announced as like it's only one player exclusive, I understood that because it's an open world game. You don't want to mess around with multiplayer in an open world game with no loading screens or anything like that. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But I remember seeing so many people saying, you know, Oh, well, why doesn't this have two-player? All Dynasty Warriors games have two-player. And, like, they brought it back for Odyssey 4. I can't remember if it's in Pirate Warriors 4, but it's essentially been in almost every Warriors game and any Warriors game that it's not in, it comes back on it as, like, well, this is a bad thing. So I feel like Koei understands that the community wants that split screen. It's weird because other Musou games, like other non-Koei Musou games, don't include, you know, co-op gameplay. Like, if they were going to do multiplayer, it would be online multiplayer. Yeah, you're right. Musou games, because it came in an era in the PS2 where there was no online multiplayer and people had second controllers because they were a lot cheaper than buying, you know, first-party controls and stuff. It allowed for that. And I think keeping them in, it doesn't take much to, to kind of have that in the game. But at the same time, it's kind of like an homage. Because I know for me now, I, I feel like sometimes I'm the only person that plays Dynasty Warriors or any Musou game made by Koei in split screen. And I think that they're the only games now that have split screen. I don't think of any other games that actually have a proper split screen. Maybe Call of Duty, but that's that's it, you know? It, it just makes a lot of sense. But we're going to go for another ad break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what other games we want to see. Kind of like a fantasy football type situation, but with Koei games. So we'll see you on the other side. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Loot Anime. Loot Anime brings you the best collectibles and gear and merch and even more more from your favorite anime and manga series from past and presents with a $60 value of each crate for $35 a month and you can cancel it anytime it is a no-brainer learn more at getalifepodcast.com forward slash loot anime and use the code GALP15 for 15% off on your next crate go and check them out support the show in addition to that if you want to see what's in the upcoming crates you can go and check it out on our YouTube channel remember that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash loot anime use the code GALP15 15 for 15% off. Thank you, Loot Anime, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at JList. JList brings you the latest anime and otaku goods from Japan directly, whether that's anime, manga, cosplay, import game, visual novels. JList has got you covered. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash JList. And remember to use our link and the code GALP for 5% off on all purchases on JList. That's including pre-orders remember getlifepodcast.com forward slash jlist thank you very much jlist for sponsoring this episode of the podcast okay we are back with chris and i want to know you know you mentioned you wanted to see a another mystic heroes and, and things like that but if you wanted let's say mr koinuma made you in charge of a new muso game with a new ip and you could take any other game franchise or any other anime franchise or whatever what game would you make free reign don't do this to me no no i am <laughs> doing this we need to know oh only one game though one game it kills me uh because like you know we kind of talked about this last time with the slime warriors yes and i think that would be perfect that would be perfect and the fact that koei's working with a 
Kodansha or whatever the company is called, they are the publishers of Slime. So Koei could easily do that. Koei, steal this idea, please, because that's a fantastic idea. But what would you implement in that game? Because I don't want it to be like a copy and paste of something like Arslan. Or like for me, a game like that would work really well using the Dynasty Warriors 9 engine and having it open world. Because it's an isekai anime, you know, going into a new world, getting to explore. Like having the idea of exploring a world in an anime that necessarily you can't see everything, but in a game where you can explore freely and go to these different villages and actually have battles like that i think using that dynasty warriors 9 style gameplay would work really well in my opinion see i think it would work better similar to dragon quest heroes 2 where it's semi open world you have these sections of the map that connect between villages or other big battlefield maps and that's where you do your exploration that's where you do side quests and you can have that jrpg uh mechanics into it but then the actual story battles happen in like classic warrior style stages um which would be branched off from the semi open world sections or the villages themselves so something similar to Sanadamaro, right similar to that but um if you played dragon quest heroes 2 you'll know that it's a bit more open mm. than beard of sanada mm. but i think a mechanic that would work really well is transforming and they could probably do it similar to the way that they implemented uh special moves in pirate warriors so you wouldn't have like a muso bar you wouldn't have a muso move you would have these special abilities you could hold r1 press the face buttons and one of those moves could be your transform so like if you're rimaru you could transform from the slime to his human form i think that would be really cool to be honest with you like i like that idea but i really wanted to know also if you could just make something new like for example koei back in the day and this was koei canada which doesn't exist anymore i think i know where you're going with this <laughs> warriors legends of troy if you could do a yes. game like based on a particular point of history like a dynasty warriors samurai warriors spin-off but focusing on a particular country with a particular history or even way into the future or something like that would you want to see that like what would you want to see because i know legends of troy made so much sense as a game but it just failed because it, once again it was taking on too much they added in the gore which kind of brought up the rating of the game that kind of stuff so if you could get a dynasty warriors game that was similar to not similar to troy but similar to dynasty warriors and samurai warriors in terms of game play but focuses on a new um a new era a new sort of culture what kind of game would you go for let me get it off my chest that i i think omega force needs to take warriors legend of troy and actually make a true muso game because omega force had nothing to do with warriors legend of troy if my memory serves me correctly because it was mainly developed by koei tecmo canada so i feel like omega force needs to do it justice <laughs> but beyond that i would like to see like i'd like to see bladestorm be taken into the warriors style Ooh. i would like to see a viking warriors game okay i'd like to see a mystic heroes style warriors game where they take the mystics from Orochi and give them their own game that's based on their own stories so like journey to the west a journey to the west warriors would be mm. awesome uh feng shenyanyi yes uh, warriors game. yes my man you're getting you were getting on what i was gonna say i love that idea koei steal this idea credit chris for <laughs> inventing this game because this is fantastic i would buy it i'm pretty sure everyone else would what's great about that is that you already have those characters established uh specifically uh you know su kong or 
you know, all these other characters, the mystic characters from Orochi, right? It would be interesting to see Daji in a game where she can be herself and not just like, oh, Orochi, I love you. I, you know, I want to see those characters interact with each other in their own game. And I think you're onto something there, Chris. But other than that, I think, yeah, maybe a Norse mythology also like, like a, you know, Viking Dynasty Warriors game would be great. Personally, for me, what I want to see is in terms of anime IP, I think a great Musou style game would be something like Overlord. I think Overlord would be great. The only problem with that is Overlord is quite gory at times, but I think Overlord would be fantastic for a Musou game. Chris, how come you weren't like working for Koei, Koei Canada? Because if you were, you could have been, uh, you could have turned around, you know, Troy Musou. You could have turned that shit around. Well, the thing was, um, their office was in Toronto. I'm here in little old Prince Edward Island, and I was still like going to college while they were around. Like they closed out, I think maybe a year after I was done of college. I did apply for a job there. It was a janitorial job because that like I don't do game developer stuff or anything. Like I have no experience with like programming. I have no experience with art. I am just an idea man. <laughs> That's what they need sometimes. I think you need an idea man. It's it's weird because even even Legends of Troy, I know a lot of people hated on it, but Legends of Troy took certain ideas that were reused in, you know, Warriors Orochi, right? So you have your your characters taken from uh, from Warriors Legends of Troy into Orochi 3 and 4. So there is a lot of uh, stuff on there. I think it will be really cool. The, the weird thing about it is that although it was Koei Canada that dealt with it, you had people from Koei Japan that were involved. Like members of, yes, Omega Force wasn't involved in terms of the development of the game, but you had the producers from Omega Force overseeing the game. So I don't know why they didn't just be like, hey, just change it. But it's interesting. They were going for a certain type of game with that. I just wanted to ask now, because you know Koei's listening. I know it sounds really bad because I, I don't want to hype myself up and say, hey, Koei's listening. But we do send these episodes to Koei. They do check them out because it's press coverage. But, you know, you have an opportunity to speak to Koei directly now through this podcast. Just tell them what you want. I just want to hear that because you've got some great ideas, Chris. So if you can tell them in a couple of words what you want to see, like a summary, what you want to see from Koei in this next generation of gaming, like in terms of risks and stuff like that, you've got the floor. So go and say, Koei, listen to me. <laughs> that's how you're starting it you should you should, you should be bowing down and being like koi sama please you know you shouldn't be like koi hey koi listen to me you, know, you shouldn't be like a new york gangster hey koi no be respectful chris <laughs> all right mr koi i have some ideas and i feel like they will be very beneficial for you first off you have an incredible incredible history behind you that a lot of the modern gamers don't know about. There are series that have never seen the light of day in decades that I feel need to make a comeback. We need to see the return of a lot of the series from sixth generation of consoles and previous. You know, we have games like Crimson Sea, Mystic Heroes, Rygar, games that have potential in the modern day. Rygar can be a competitor to God of War, games similar to that, action-adventure. It can be a competitor, a direct competitor to The Legend of Zelda, if done properly. Crimson Sea could be where 
Mass Effect should have gone. Mystic Heroes, as I said, you can bring in the Mystics from Orochi and give them their own story based on the actual stories from Journey to the West, from Fenshin Yanyi. Monster Rancher seems to be doing incredibly well on the Switch. Bring that over to the West and give us a new game, because Monster Rancher has the opportunity to become something great. I feel like Monster Rancher is also really just the perfect IP to make a mobile game on, similar to Pokemon Go, but in its own right. And please, give Omega Force Warriors Legend of Troy. Make a sequel or a reboot in the true Musou style. Take Bladestorm and take it into the Warriors franchise as well. By doing so, you can open up even more opportunities with Odachi 5 when it comes time for that. There's so many opportunities with the games that you have in your library, both in the past and current, and I can see them having great success if you apply the passion that you have for these games to bring them back to life. I don't know. After hearing that, I just want to say Amen. <laughs> it sounded like a prayer to Koei. <laughs> you were offering something to the Koei God. It was quite intense. I enjoyed that. I that being said, I'm not going to do my own Koei prayer because you know what? Koei already knows what I want. Koei, every time I go there, I'm like, Koei, you need to do this, you need to do that. I feel that they listen and they listen to the community. I want to reach out to you guys that are listening to please, if you agree with what we say, or even if you don't agree with what we say and you want other games, tell Koei. And they do surveys. I'm not sure if they still do this, but usually I remember back in the day, I'm not sure if you remember this, Chris, they used to have these surveys that came with the game, like, and you used to post them off. Yep, I still have a few of those myself. Yeah, you know what? I still do, and I've never done it. So what I'm going to do after this episode, I am going to fill those out. I'm going to fill those surveys out, and I'm going to send them to Koei. And I encourage you guys, when you are you know subscribe to koei's newsletter and things like that when a new poll comes up or survey please fill those surveys out and tell koei what you want in a polite way don't be dicks about it don't be like oh, koei, blah, blah, blah. no be polite and say koei look this is what we want to see this is what we're willing to pay for for these games etc so tell koei what you want because if they don't know what you want they're only going to go off from what sells so you just need to tell them koei we want this just in the same way that we weren't going to get warriors orochi 3 but when the community in the west came together and they said this is what we want koei japan listened so this is how we're going to get things done i want everyone to just go in kind of like in dragon ball z you know when goku's like everyone share your energy with me you know for the spirit bomb I want everyone to come together and just say to Koei, guys, this is what we want from X, Y, and Z game. So with that being said, thank you very much, Chris, for coming on. Oh, no problems. Thank you for having See, me. See, I like Chris because he's really polite. Also, if you guys are listening, you don't know about Chris, go and check him out. Go and subscribe to him. He's almost at 2K subscribers. Let's get him to 2K. Let's get him to 50K. Let's get him to half a million. Let's get him to a million subs and more because we need more Koei players out there. We need more Koei content creators out there uh, a lot of people see me as a content creator because i do this podcast but i'm technically classed as a member of the press so we're kind of in different slots there but it's it's great to see more koei content creators out there and chris keep on doing what you're doing with the community keep on growing you know muso may we want to see more of that we you know i get excited when i see more community events so i want to thank you not just for being on this episode but for all that you do because you've really helped shape the community even if it is a little bit you have shaped the community in a positive way so thank you very much for that other than that i think that's the end of this episode i will be putting links in the description to chris's channel and all of that so see you guys Bye bye